Welcome to Lisa Express Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Akonyili, and I am your therapist. Over the last few weeks, the month of August in particular, we spoke about what trauma is, how trauma rewrites you, how trauma impacts you, manifestations of trauma, how trauma affects your parenting. We spoke about how trauma affects your life in general. And so this new month, we are going into your body stores your stories. And a lot of people were quite confused when the theme came out as to how does my body store my story? The fact is the body can tell us what happened in this person's life. That's why archaeologists and anthropologists can find dead remains, bones. They can find facts based on what's remnants from an animal, a person, bones, just remnants of the things they can find. They can tell the story of a person. And if they combine it with some of the elements around in the environment where they found these things, they can start telling some of the stories of these people who died there, perhaps the culture, how they died and all of that is because there is something about your body storing your stories first of all i need you to understand that we are all storytellers okay now let me speak as a writer <laughs> we are all storytellers because we are going through unique experiences that change our individual perception and so when we look at things the way we narrate them the way we explain them is totally different from how any other person will narrate them the way any other person will write them any other person's perception why you both might even have the same perception your background might even change the way you present the same opinion you could have the same opinion with someone but your background will make you present it a different way that's why people have arguments sometimes they are saying technically the same thing but they're saying it in different words and everybody's arguing like oh this person is wrong and i'm right i'm wrong and this person is right and everybody's just going off why because of their personal stories now how does your body store your stories let's start with your muscles have you ever experienced shock maybe you were walking in the dark and someone touched you do you remember how you stiffened your brain has a way of responding to danger and one of the ways it does that is by freezing you get into freeze mode or you get into flight so you hear people say flight or freeze or freeze or flight however you've heard it that's the way you respond to shock, to dilemma, to things that require urgent responses. You either freeze and not do anything or you have a tendency to run in the opposite direction. It now takes a little bit of knowledge to know, oh, okay, this thing is not as dangerous as I think it is. It's like if you're walking and then you see something that looks like a snake, right? There's a possibility that you'll be so shocked, like, oh my God, oh my God, if I move it to see me. Or you're just going to start running. Or if you see a dog... You're going to freeze like, ah, or you're going to start running, right? It takes a while to realize, okay, the dog is a puppy, it's not as harmful, blah, blah, blah. All of that part takes you slowing down to process the information. Now, if you've been in those kind of shocking experiences, what happens is over a period of time, every little thing makes you stiffen up. Maybe you're someone who is easily tickled. Because you know your friends will tickle you, even when nobody has tickled you, you're already laughing or you're already acting stiff. Why? Your body knows that story. Your body knows that pattern. Your body has experienced this and your body has told itself that, oh, this is what's going to happen. So even though this person hasn't tickled you, you're already replaying the story. You're already telling yourself, oh, this is what's going to happen. Now, for shock, I've explained how that works for shock, how that works for tension and how it works for being tickled. Now, that's a fun experience, except for a few people, right? How does this affect your sex life? We will get into it in a couple of days. But I want you to understand that every experience you've had is somewhere in your body. For example, trauma. If you were, say, fingered when you were young, 
let me speak to the ladies quickly. You were fingered when you were young and then this person did it consistently or this person ruptured your hymen. Every time something is to get into your vagina, whether it's a penis or a finger, you are going to get tensed. Especially when the person was doing it and you were old enough to know this was wrong, but not old enough to fight for yourself, right? You were vulnerable, but you knew this is wrong. You knew you were getting violated, but you didn't know what to do about it. Now that you're an adult and you are in a position to speak for yourself, there is a possibility that you still will not speak. That even when you make up your mind that, oh, I want to have sex, you will still find yourself stiff. You still find yourself dry. You still find yourself acting up. Every time you see the penis, you're afraid. That's because your body remembers the concept of being violated by something penetrating your vagina. And so every time that happens, your body still feels like, oh my God, I'm in that situation again. Is that a problem again? Has it come again? That's trauma speaking in your body. For some of you, that's why nobody can tickle you. For some of you, that's why nobody can touch you. Because you have a traumatic experience that was physical. When it comes to trauma in your body, is that the traumatic experience is usually physical. Someone used to maybe always flog you. Someone used to touch you against your will. Someone used to do a certain thing to you that you did not like and it was physical. With trauma stored up in your body, there is a physical touch. It's not just what someone said. Yes, what someone said can affect your body, but it's usually what touches your body. If you are a runner, for example, I'm just going to give you a lot of examples and I'm going to talk about grief in your body as well. If you're a runner, for example, and you get on the track without warming up, you know how your muscles feel like you're ripping them? I know that experience because I don't run, but I had stopped working out for a very long time. And when I say very long time, I mean almost two years. And then I woke up one morning and decided, oh, I need to go back to working out. But before I go to the gym, I need to start working out at home. However, what I didn't understand was that the things I used to call basics before are no longer basics. I needed to look for the basics that were more basic than what I used to do. So I woke up one morning and um, I started squatting. <laughs> I started squatting and I started doing mountain climbers. I would notice that after the workout i wouldn't be able to breathe i wouldn't be able to move i'll be useless sometimes i would even sleep off immediately after the workout once i take my bath and get back in i would sleep off and i couldn't understand what the problem was and so after like two weeks i decided you know what i spoke to my doctor and my doctor said no that was too much that was too intense for someone who was just getting back to exercising after two years but what i did not pay attention to was that i had hurt my thigh muscles and so after that two weeks elapsed when i stopped i would notice that when i'm working my leg was hurting. I didn't know what the problem was. It didn't even occur to me that I might have hurt my muscles. So I went to the spa, got deep tissue massage. The deep tissue massage was supposed to help me rest. The pain was numb. But after a few days, the pain came back. Then I went to the gym. I registered at the gym properly, went to the gym. And then I got on this, why can't I remember the name of this leg machine? And my gym instructor was like, um, I should add, my gym instructor actually said I should start with 30 kg. Yeah, 15, 15 on both sides. Those, I think those were the smallest at the, available at the gym. And because the machine had control, it was easy to work with. It wasn't as tedious. And so I had to do it reps, reps of 12 or 10 and I had to go sets of 10 or 12 and I had to go for yeah four reps and sets yeah the cumulative total was about 48 if I'm not wrong anyway I do that for the first one week 
and then I relax and I walk home. But I started noticing the pain wasn't going. The pain was numb. I went to the spa again. I got the first time I had gotten hot stone massage. The second time I went back again, I got deep tissue massage. My masseuse did everything she could do. I wasn't in my city. I was in another city. So my new masseuse did everything she could. But it just didn't feel hard enough. Like it wasn't enough. So I stopped going to the gym because I felt the gym was making it worse. I returned to my own city and I go to my masseuse this time around. After my masseuse was done with a deep tissue massage, she asked me, how did the pain start? When I told her, she was like, oh no, if you had told me, because my masseuse in Abuja happens to be a gym instructor as well. So she understands these things better than my masseuse in the other city. And so I tell her what has happened. I tell her when the pain starts. And she goes, oh no, if you had told me, I wouldn't have given you a deep tissue massage. We would have used hot packs, depending on how the pain is, or would have done ice packs. Sometimes you need to identify the source of the trauma in order to understand why your body is functioning the way it functions. And so I see people who tell me they're afraid of sex. And I'm like, oh, okay, so what have you done? And they tell me they bought lubricant. Or I'm always dry. And I'm like, hold up. I understand using lubricant. I understand the usage of it, the types of what you should use. But the question is, why do you need it? I want to make sure that there is no pain and there is no hurt stored up in your body at some point that is making you need a lubricant. Because if you stiffen up during sex, if you keep reacting and you have a shock thing going on every time sex happens to you, then a lubricant is just going to make you appear wet. Psychologically, you will not enjoy what's going on because you are terrified. And so what your body is simply showing you is, hey, I'm afraid. So what you need to deal with is the fear, not the lubricant. So ask yourself, if I don't like people touching me, why? Those are questions you need to ask yourself. If I don't like people touching me, why? If I'm easily excited, why? Why is my body constantly reacting like this? It is not news that people who have been victims of rape, I'm talking to women not because it doesn't happen to men. I'm talking to women right now because when it comes to penetration, we talk about vaginas and then we talk about vagina muscles, right? It has been actually studied to realize that some women still have their vagina muscles stiffing up years after a rape has happened years after an unapproved sexual intercourse and that's why if you're sexually active with your partner you need to make sure your woman is always on board because i understand that some men think because she's my woman or because i'm married to her because she's my girlfriend i can go ahead and have sex with her even when she says she's going to mood i can convince her yes that works but the problem with using that technique all the time is that your touch becomes a trauma thing is that every time you come, there is this, hey, it has come again. You want to make sure you deal with that. You want to make sure as much as possible that your partner is as excited as you are. You want to make sure, I know they won't always be, but you want to make sure as much as possible that they are willing at least. Even if they are not very excited, they have to be willing. Because if they are not, their muscles are going to be tight. And so even the day they become willing, their muscles will still respond because their muscle saves the story. It saves it. It saves the information. That's why some women go as far as needing vagina massages at some point in their lives. And while this is not a professional practice in terms of, it's not something that would happen in a hospital, some people who practice the uni massage have actually said it that they give some women uni massages and they cry because this is when they are finally releasing the pain that is stored up in their body.
The same thing happens for a man. Do not assume that, oh, because I'm the woman, I'm the one who is getting penetrated. That's why you also have to be careful as a man that you are not constantly putting yourself through the rigors, jumping through loops, working 80 hours a week, and then you think you're going to have a great sex life. You possibly wouldn't. Sex is just going to be a relief. Sex is just going to be a relief in terms of, oh, let me drain out. You're not going to enjoy the experience as much as you possibly could because you're just trying to relieve stress. And so what happens is your muscles are tight, everything is tight, and then you come to your bedroom tight. Now, grief in your body, if you have ever lost a child, you've ever had an abortion, you've ever been domestically abused in terms of physical violence, you would understand grief in your body, the fear, the tension, the way you feel not enough, the way you feel hurt, the way you feel battered. Nobody's saying anything, you just feel it. Something about you doesn't feel enough. And if you're a woman who was pregnant, whether it was an abortion or whether you had to abort it for medical reasons or for any other reason, you would realize that your body had begun to change in preparation for this child. And now the child is no more, but your body doesn't know how to revert to how it was before the pregnancy came. And so now your body is having to deal with the grief. It's not just your mind, your body as well has memory of it. So the question now becomes, how do I begin to release it? Well, physical activities help with physical release. Exercising, for example, exercise is important. And when I say exercise, I don't mean go to the gym six days a week, stay there for two hours. No, it could be as little as taking walks. Allow yourself breathe, fresh air, go out, move around without your phone, without your gadget. Do not be distracted. Allow your senses. Explore the environment. Stay around your partner. If you're someone who is easily tense, stay around your partner. Like Stay around them. Spend quality time around them. Let your senses know their fragrance. Let your senses engage with them. You don't always have to engage sexually. You can engage with your senses, your sense of sight, your sense of smell. That thing you do where you inhale your partner's hair, or smell their neck is actually not just casual. You're feeding them to your senses in such a way that your senses begin to realize, oh, okay, this person is always close to me. This person makes me feel comfortable. Allow your senses get used to them. Touch your partner as often as possible. Non-sexual touches, hug them, clap with them, play with them, dance with them. Dance with your partner for absolutely no reason. Like just pick them up and dance with them. Move. Another thing to do is to play. Go swimming. Go swimming. Do something with your body. Because remember, the trauma is in your body. And so the way to release it is by physically engaging that body. Go for a swim. Get a massage. Massages have been known to help your muscles loosen up. So go get a massage. And it depends on what the issue is in particular. Even get a massage for that particular thing if it does exist. I hope this has helped you until next week, Monday, when I come your way with pleasure in your body. Like I said before, the theme for this month is your body stores your story. On Friday at 7 p.m., I would answer your questions on Instagram Live. Don't forget to check out the website, www.lisaexpress.com. Bye.